one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Finally arriving at the Jaded Alehouse, our explorers take a moment to get their bearings before the person Adriel contacted shows up. Even in a somewhat gimmicky establishment, there's a lot to learn. Generosity is shown, information is sought, and jobs are taken. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory get to meet their contact. Nehemiah, Jory, and Brex wait within the Jaded Alehouse for their contact to arrive. Having given the bartender the code phrase, they hope that Habina will arrive in short order. In the meantime, Smallrin has broken off from the rest of the group to do something of her own accord. Smallrin, where are you going? What are you doing? So basically, I know enough about this place that I remember how to get to the back entrances. There are service entrances. There's also a couple discreet exits for guests who don't want to leave through the lobby or who have guests of their own that they don't want to be seen bringing in. And so she breaks off a couple blocks away and goes kind of around the back way towards that area. And at this point, she is actively using all of her skills to go as unnoticed as possible. She is falling back into a physicality that she knows will be least noticed in this setting. She is leaning into little things that she remembers about the way that people like to dress here, things that she's noticed since we've been here, trying to make herself look as much like a local as possible, but also go as unnoticed as possible. Absolutely. Do you want to use Vanish at this point? Are you looking for to use a particular skill, or are you just like, I'm leaning on all of the things I know how to do? I'm basically kind of leaning into the espionage side of it at this point. Okay. I'm not using Vanish yet. She's not going full invisible. She hasn't seen any reason to yet. She's basically just moving through the crowd, trying to attract as little attention as possible because she's currently on a scouting mission. She wants to double check that all of her entrances and exits are where she thinks they are. She wants to see if anything has changed about the way that this alehouse functions, get an eye on what the uh, staff uniforms look like, that sort of thing. Sure. I'm going to have you roll me then stealth, which I will let you use espionage for. We're going to say level three. Success with a 12. Yeah, you are able to get back to the spaces that you remember and move through the back alleys and secret entrance type places without being 
overtly noticed. It's possible people see you, obviously, but you are not picked out of the crowd. You are not singled out in any way. Are you looking for any particular type of information or just kind of being there, entering from a different place? She's not going to go in yet. She's basically scouting all of the entrances and exits out the back, taking a look at, like, who's coming and going, trying to get an idea of, again, like, what the staff is wearing. But also she is keeping an eye out because she knows that Nehemiah is going to go in and pretty immediately order the busy Aeon priest. She's keeping an eye out to see if there is anyone coming in through the back entrance that looks like it might be in response to that. Because mm-hmm. if it, if someone comes in through the front entrance, then Nehemiah and Jory will see them, and it'll that's all very open and above board. And But she wants to double check and see, is there anyone coming through the back? Is it that kind of meetup? Mm-hmm. You see a man who the other players know as the bartender, but a slenderly built man in a fine tunic with kind of lit metal and synth buttons and a very finely waxed mustache. Step out, kind of look, just make note like who is around and sees a couple people, but doesn't necessarily notice you taking note. So it was kind of just like, all right, there's a couple people, whatever. And one of the crags of this green, translucent material the building is made of, he pulls it almost like a lever and you hear kind of like a click and a beep. And he waits a moment, nods, and then steps back in. I heard a click. Did I see anything happening? No. Go ahead, and if you'd like to think a little bit more about that, go ahead and roll intellect, we'll say level three again. Just straight up intellect? Perception. That'll be fine. If you want to use your orb. Yes, please. Success with a 14. You didn't see anything, but the beep that followed sounded akin to, like, beacons that you've heard before so you think it was some sort of like mechanical initiation of a there's some sort of relay happening where a message is being sent okay yes and he goes back in you wait like a moment just to see what else happens and about 30 seconds later you see something else but i'm gonna switch back to inside for a moment Mm. jory and nehemiah you are sitting at the table Jory, you have your water. Brex has nothing. It's just kind of standing there, stock still, stoic. And Nehemiah, you are drinking your color-changing ale. The taste doesn't change with mm-hmm. the color, but it does have a very fruit-forward mm-hmm. feel to it. It is a little bitter, but very sweet at the same time. So like bitter on the back end, sweet on the front end. Okay. And it seems that the color-changing bit is probably just a marketing ploy, oh, essentially. Sure. It's a fancy thing that gets people in the door. Yeah. As you are sitting there, you notice a person going to a couple of the different tables. They are dressed in a long, dark blue and silver robe Mm -hmm. with a belt of various pieces of metal that are like kind of like inscribed with certain things. Sure. And they're going table to table, having conversations with people. And each time this person is either ignored or dismissed or in some way told to leave or whatever. They get to a table that's closer to you and you hear a little bit of the conversation. This person seems to be asking for bits of Numenera, oddities, anything that these people might have on hand that they're willing to give up. When that fails, they see if they could ask for shins, but it's clear that they're not as comfortable asking for straight up money. Sure. And it's a little odd because they look pretty well off. (laughs) This isn't like your typical beggar on the streets asking for something. Yeah. This is someone who clearly got in the door and has now asking people for Numenera bits. Mm. They come up to your table and 
take a breath, go, oh. <laughs> You're not from here, are you? Mm, nah, passing through. Okay, well, uh, I don't suppose that you have any, um, have any Numenera that you're willing to give up for someone who needs a little bit of help? Uh, sorry, I don't. Mm, that's, that's unfortunate. What's your trouble, stranger? <laughs> uh, my, um, my name is Mordrius. I'm, uh, I'm a professor at one of the uh, local learning establishments, uh, specializing in, in research of, of, of certain things. But, um, if I'm being completely honest, I've been framed for Numenera theft, and all of my assets have been frozen, and I am really just in need of a way to get out of town to continue my studying abroad, and it is not working out well for me. Man, frame for Numenera theft, like... It's quite rampant in the city right now, and the only reason that I could tell that you weren't necessarily um, from here is because, one, you don't have the mark of a merchant, and you're drinking that ale. Most locals know that that's kind of a shtick. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you come in town, you see the thing, you want to give it a I totally, that. absolutely understand. Um, no, uh, I don't know how much you know about the guards and the governor here. Uh, just to avoid at all costs, really? Stay out of their way, hopefully they stay out of ours. More or less, yes, but the guards here are called the Thryn. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've noticed their swords, yes. The yeah. Justice and mercy. Well, I think they're very clever, you know, I'm sure. They are. The, the, the saying is that they use the first blade incorrectly and the second one rarely, if ever. Mm. Their justice is handed out at a whim. <laughs> so Fair. I'm not surprised that I'm easily framed for these things, but it isn't quite quite unfortunate. So are you from out of town too, or are you just getting out of Dodge? I, I do live here. Um, I, like I said, I, I teach at one of the local learning establishments. I, I, I teach nanos and rites and, and delves and people who are interested in learning more about the Numenera, but research is my main love, and I've done, honestly... Sorry, I'm rambling on, but uh, my research is in memory storage. Oh. There's a lot of work I've done here, but there are other things that I would like to go and see. I'm, I'm trying to make my way out to Gatharin to do some, some work there, and I was all set to head out, and but I don't have anything to my name at this point because I'm not allowed to spend any of the money that I have or access any of the things that I have stored at public standing establishments. Mm. So I'm trying to do my best to just make my way, and I feel absolutely embarrassed going through asking, but I figured if I could make a deal with a merchant, maybe I can make my way out sooner than I had intended. Hmm. Gatharin's a bit of a hike. It, it is, it is. But there's some very interesting things there that I'm hoping to do a little bit more study and research on. I'm sorry, could you tell us how you were framed? To get more specific about what exactly happened. All I know is that I received a letter that all of the money that I, that I had at the local bank, all of the things that I had stored at the school that I teach at, anything I had stored there I no longer had access to, all by order of Governor Mazarek and by enforcement of the Thryn. They didn't tell you what exactly you were accused of stealing? Or who was accusing you? No, I did not get any sort of who I was uh, uh, being uh, accused by, but apparently, according to the paper, I stole something from the governor's stores herself. Do you have any idea why they'd focus on you? Do you know anybody that could have stolen something? There are a lot of different 
organizations in this area that easily could have stolen something and just want to pin it on a scapegoat. I know a lot about Numenera. It'd be very easy to say that I took something. Could we pay you for lessons? Uh, lessons in what? Numenera. You said you teach delves and that sort of thing, right? Uh, yes, I do. I, I, I guess I'm asking in what specifically, because training in Numenera would be the equivalent of, oh, uh, can you can you train me in farming? And then it very much depends on where you are and what kind of crops you're growing. The same thing applies, or what is it that you are looking to learn about the Numenera? Hmm. Everything, I guess. What's your background? Uh, well, I think we could probably work something out, and unfortunately he is cut off as a very large person in the same kind of attire that the bartender was, but a little more armored, still has like the same like light up buttons, mm. but like is probably more like a leather armor situation. Clearly the bouncer yeah. of this situation comes up and they put both hands, and is like easily a foot taller uh, than this man, both hands on his shoulder and be like, all right, you've done enough bothering today. Out you go. Come just, on. Just a moment. Just a moment. We're working something out with him. You can work something out with him. Once he leaves, this is not something that the owners of this establishment are looking to have here. Deals can happen. That is fine. But uh, he's been begging here for what, far too long, and uh, he is going to be removed from this situation. Fair enough. I lock eyes and like give him like a wait a minute after he gets for when he gets out. And he nods and goes, all right, Madras, out you go, and starts like very roughly kind of pushing him out the back door. And Smallren, you see that moment where you see the door open and a very tall individual push this middle-aged person in a blue and silver robe out the back door. You shouldn't be back here again. I don't want to hear any of you asking for handouts here. If you have a deal to make, that's fine, but no more begging, all right? And slams the door after going back inside. And this person kind of just like shakes himself off, sighs, and looks around before finding a place to maybe wait. Once I hear the door from the back slam, I'll be like, Jory, I'll be right back. I'll see what I can do here. Righto. I'll roll around the back. Okay. And smaller, you see Nehemiah kind of come around the back after this person exits. You say you work in memory? Yes, specifically memory, memory storage. There's a number of devices left behind by the past civilizations that hold information, small devices that hold years worth of, of information that if you know how to correctly access it can give you untold amounts of learning. All right, that sounds pretty handy. Look, I'll go ahead. I'm going to spot you something right now, but you just make sure that that work keeps coming up. And if we run into each other in the future, maybe you can toss us some training, all right? A absolutely. Uh, did, did your friend actually want some sort of uh, uh, training now? I'm sure she does, but I mean, you're right. I don't know enough about Numenera to be able to like ascertain what would be appropriate and what would be useful, you know, let alone what you'd be able to teach us. But that sounds pretty handy. So I'll tell you what, you stay safe. I'm gonna hand him five shins. I'm not sure how much that is in, like, the scheme of things, but I can spare that for right now and send some goodwill out in the world. Thank you. Uh, you know what? Here, here. And he reaches into a pouch on his belt and says, this is a map of uh, certain areas within the Voil Chasm. Mm. 
Some of them might already be completely stripped, but if your friend has any, or you, have any skill in looking through for ruins for things, this, this might help you out at some point. Oh, great. I can't necessarily lead you through it or anything, but it, it will at least show you the couple points of interest down the cliffside. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And thank you. If you need anything else, if you see me at any other point, I'll, I'll do what I can to, to, to help you out. But All I'm right. going to try to make my way. Yeah, get out of Dodge here. Thank you, sir. Thank you. See ya. And he walks away. Yep. Nehemiah heads back in. Uh, before he heads back in, Swarin is going to indulge herself. And she pops up behind him. What was that about? <sighs> Long story short, Professor's being framed for stealing Numenera. He's trying to get out of Dodge. He was begging inside. They kicked him out, and I tossed him a couple of shins. He tossed me a map of the Void Chasm. Could be helpful. Could be. Well, if it's any consolation, he didn't change his demeanor when they kicked him out the door or when you reappeared, so... Hmm. Seems like he might have been honest. Nah, seems like, I mean, if the story he told me was a lie, it was a good one. So, uh, I have ordered our drink. It should be to the table at some point soon. I've done what I can to ingratiate myself to the crew here. And done a little bit to hopefully make them underestimate us. So, you know. Very well. I'll come around the front and join you. So, yeah, as we walk around the building, she's going to push her hood back, bring back mm -hmm. the magenta scarf, change her, her physicality a bit. Mm -hmm. You both head back through the main entrance. And smaller, and you see the translucent green synth tabletops and bar top, and the person behind the bar with a mustache that you saw come out and flip that little piece of material, and with the beep that happened behind the bar serving drinks. And you take a seat with now Jory and Brex, who have been sitting there. Jory, what have you been doing in the meantime? Anything? You're just drinking water after water after water. I've got a line of pints that are empty, and I'm making mask contact, it's not eye contact with Brex, trying to figure out some sort of non-verbal game that we can play, like rock, paper, scissors, that sort of thing. You play rock, paper, scissors with Brex, they throw rock every time. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me. No, 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 Look, I, I can't win every time. No, no, you have to change it, change it. You ha it's a surprise. They try to do it, but this time they turn their fist upside down. <laughs> That's the right direction of this, but not quite what I was looking for. And that is when Smaller and Nehemiah walk up as Brex again throws rock. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to create rock and different kind of rock then, I think. Rock, pebble, stone? Something like that? <laughs> Perhaps rock, pebble, boulder. The two of you, I assume, take your seats and continue to wait. It does take a little while. Not the entirety of the day or anything, but about an hour. Mm -hmm. A person walks in and heads to the bar, and you notice that the bartender looks over your way and, like, nods his head towards you, and the person turns around and starts heading towards your table. She has, over most of her body, like a synth steel plating. Not like attached to her body like you've seen in some sorts. This isn't a fusing or grafting situation, but it is very close-fitted plating. But it does not look heavy or bulky. You can tell that this is something that she could probably move very quickly in, but is also very protective. The only part that isn't really covered is her face. There are certain parts, like her hands, don't seem to have anything on it. She is wearing boots, so... 
maybe it doesn't extend that far. But she walks up, pulls the seat back, and sits down. So, uh, you're the ones that Adriel talked to. We are. Welcome to Sturthal. My name's Habina. Hopefully you've been expecting me. We have. Good. I also hope that Adriel let you know that I don't give information fully for free. Mm-hmm. For the beginnings of this, the conversation that we're about to have here, it will cost you either 20 shins or sufficient technology. Your choice. Seeing as how Numenera and technology seem to be valuable around here, I would imagine that most of what we have would more than suffice, although we might not be getting value for money. That's possible. What do you have? I don't deal in oddities. I'm looking for ciphers, artifacts, things that actually do something. I don't need, and she kind of motions over to the bartender, I don't need my buttons to give you a light show. Mm. I mean, I have enough money to just give her shins. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I've, yeah. I was going to say, Smallrin just pulls her pouch out from her belt, counts out 20 shins, and slides it across the table. I will just slide five shins to Smallrin for the help exchange. I have a use for the technology on my person. Very well. She opens up a small component box on her belt, like takes it off, opens it up, slides them into it. You hear the click and cling of of the shins going in and she clicks it back into place. So Dremlin, not quite sure what a, a group like you is looking for a warlord like him for, but that's not my business. I'm just here to tell you what I know. He was here a while ago. He retreated back to the Steadfast from the beyond quite a bit ago, though I'm not quite sure why. What his original plans for being here were not my business. I do know that uh, he did hire some local folks to uh, try and go retrieve assets that were left behind, (laughs) though I'm not sure what those assets were. And he hired some local people here to go retrieve them. My understanding, though, is that they never returned. Hmm. Do you know what their names were? I don't know their names, no, but rumor has it that he worked with the lexicon. Interesting. He's a charming man. Very careful. A very heavy planner. He seemed to be here while waiting for these assets to be returned to him. Seemed to be interested in two things. Making connections with people and finding control devices. Maybe devices that controlled things. One rumor I heard said controlling people. Hmm. Lord knows he doesn't need too much help with that, probably. Who's to say? He did run on a few jobs while he was here, probably trying to ingratiate himself to the various people. I'd I'd mentioned that he had connections with the Lexicon, which is a both uh, well-known and completely unknown crime circle here, depending on how you view it. Hmm as well as Quanon, who is more of a person than an organization, though a person might also not be the correct word for that. Mm-hmm. There is a, I'll say, roughly humanoid person uh, who lives in some of the lower portions of the city. Sure. Literally down the Voil chasm, mm. lower. But not many people can tell the difference between where flesh and machine starts anymore. Gotcha. Whether or not he started as a person is up for debate. Usually easier to start that way. All right. So largely ingratiating himself to the lexicon and Quanon, right? 
correct. All right, anybody? I am just going to throw it out there. Quanon does look a lot like QAnon. Yeah. I didn't... It does. Okay. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just got to say it because like yeah. that's all I'm seeing. I know. I know. It is spelled Q-U-A-N-O-N. I know. Okay. Right. So is there any particular reason he might have been ingratiating himself or just the uh, good business of making friends? I'm sure that was part of it. Like I said, he's an unnervingly charming person. You run into him yourself? I had a few conversations with him. I I have my own interests and also do some freelancing in the area, if you will. Sure. So I did have one or two conversations with him. Mm-hmm. Not anything below surface level, though. Neither one of us were particularly interested in giving up a lot of information about ourselves. Go figure. Go figure. No idea which direction he headed other than further into the Steadfast? All I know is that he headed west. Mm. I unfortunately was out of town on business when he departed. Mm. Did he have his entourage here with him when he was Yeah. He did have quite a few people in his company, yes. I'm not sure where he kept them or where they stayed on a regular basis. When I interacted with him one-on-one, they were not around. Uh, Save his couple of attendants, obviously, but he did have quite a large group of people following him. Attendants? Like, uh, bodyguards. People who were there to protect and listen and do things for him. That is what was going on when I interacted with him personally, though he had been seen throughout town with a much larger group of people. I see. Do you know which chapters of the lexicon he was most involved with? Someone we might be able to reach out to for more particulars. That kind of information will definitely cost you more. I'm not one to give out the names of people that I'm connected with willy-nilly. Understood. What kind of price would you set on? A hundred shins or a job well done. Yes, we can do jobs. We like jobs. I'll be a little open with you here. I'm a bit of a vain person. I'm also not afraid to get into a fight. Unfortunately, those two things sometimes come into direct conflict. And she motions to her face where there are a number of battle scars and marks that are clearly from fights or jobs gone a little bit more bad. There's a device, I believe, is located in one of the various ruins down in the cavern. Something that will keep this visage of mine looking young for the foreseeable future. If you can retrieve that for me, I'll tell you who I've been working with as well as who Dremlin was connected to. Souls, what direction? (laughs) She does not, like, look to the other two of you to confirm that, like, it's like, all right, is everybody all right with you? She goes, very well. The chasm is rather large, but my understanding is that this particular device is located somewhere farther southwest along it from Sturthal itself, and quite a bit lower. I don't know number of feet or levels to go down, but definitely well beyond down the passage of the livable areas. Well, I'm ready when anybody else is. I will need to use the facilities first. (laughs) (laughs) When you have retrieved the item, come back here, 
Let Krenheld, and she points to the bartender. Yep. Let Krenheld know that you once again are looking for the drink you asked for originally. <laughs> and we'll have a conversation. It's been very good doing business with you. Likewise. But let me tell you, and she kind of half stands up, like putting her hands on the table. This information was obviously given to you at a price. But if you use it to come back on me, that price will be far heftier. And from the metal part of her hands, like the shield that's like kind of like on the back of her hand, almost Wolverine style, comes three metal blades that she kind of like pushes into the table. And for a brief moment, you all get a very like sharp, acidic scent in the air. Smolin would easily notice that these are poisoned. A far heftier price. Are we understood? Yeah, yeah. Good. And they retract back into her hand. Happy delving. <laughs> and walks out the door. Before she completely walks out, though, she does slide a couple of shins from her box towards the bartender and then leaves. Now one thinks highly of herself, doesn't she? I feel like that's probably a common trait around here. Mm. Small Ren, your orb hones in on something as this person is walking out. Kind of on her neck, behind her right ear, you see a tattoo. The same tattoo that's on the back of Adriel's neck. Mm. The sign of the convergence. Makes sense. <laughs> well, if she didn't think a lot of herself, we wouldn't have a way to pay her price that didn't involve killing innocent people or robbing them. So I'd say for the sake of everyone else's morals, this is probably a win. I just hope that the information that she gives us for doing this is better than what she gave us leading up. All we need is the right name. Yeah, well, she was talking around a lot of different names there. Of course and... she was. She only asked for 20 shins. Entrance into a criminal organization, which is basically what we were asking for, should come much dearer than that. I mean, fair enough. I guess I had had the hope that uh, having Adriel as a friend would have gotten us a little bit further in, but I suppose that's asking a lot. <clears throat> I also think friend is probably a very strong word. I, I Look, I was using the word that was closest at hand. I ain't digging around. Right. Well, what time is it? Evening. Start in the morning, take the night off, sleep in a comfy bed. If we can find one. I would say, not here. It's more expensive than the quality of the sleep you'll get warrants. Hey, well, I'll take your lead there, Smallrin. If we head back into the less expensive part of town, there's several reputable inns that we could find a place for the night. Sounds lovely. Jory, I believe the facilities are through that door there. Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> Jory runs off to use the bathroom. And the three of you wait and eventually then make your way through town to find a place to stay for the evening. Woo! Thank you so much for listening to episode 80 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, 
imprintedechoes.com. On the website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Roger, JJ and Veronica, and Connor for their continued support. And I hope that some of you might have been able to make it out to AkataCon this weekend to see some of our awesome members there. If so, thanks for stopping by. And thanks once again for listening. I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.